Hey baby girl, you know what it is. You listen to the Club K-Fade Podcast. This is Roman Reigns, and you're about to get gentlemen welcome to the club kayfabe podcast you're tuned into the halloween episode 125 spooky and so of course fingers yes during this entire intro we're all doing spooky fingers in fact another person doing spooky fingers right there is dan peck that's because you know what i can do with my little finger and also spooky fingers in action chris o'mealy Ooh, don't forget to listen to Talkin' Talkies, where we talk about James Bond! I'm actually doing spoopy fingers. Yes. You have to do spoopy fingers, obviously. Well, speaking of things that are Halloween-related, this past week was Hell in a Cell. Ooh. Creepy. Oh, a a lot of stuff happened. Um... And this pay-per-view got horribly panned by people. It was the worst pay-per-view ever because they didn't like the finish of one match. Yeah, I liked the the whole pay-per-view and the finish to that match, so let's discuss this. First of all, we have a pretty good pre-show match. You have Dolph Ziggler, Cesaro, and Neville taking on Rusev, Sheamus, and King Barrett. Six-man tag, and this is a rematch from their match on Raw. Uh, the heels won on Raw, so obviously the baby faces were going to win for the pre-show, and that's exactly what happened. All right, and a good way to go into the pay-per-view: a bunch of baby faces winning. Yeah, and it was it was a they were all people that needed to do something. You know, it's like oh shit, we got these six really talented guys, and they're not doing anything. And they were what also we... building something for the next night on Raw, which we'll eventually get to. With we can talk about that now. Win. Oh well, they they built to this tourney. Um, basically on Raw, where all the winners from the pay-per-view would compete uh, for a chance to be in a fatal four-way for the World Heavyweight Champ or the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, yep. I don't want to go too far into that now, because I'm sure you want to hit on that as a oh, note we'll later. T- yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about that but, after the title match. But the so even match. the pre-show win Spoiler, boo <laughs> Um, We start off the pay-per-view itself with John Cena's open challenge, and... Zeb Coulter comes out, and we're all just like, oh, here we go, Jack Swagger push 2.0. Maybe this is yeah. going to be oh, good for him. I was like, really? And this is see, what they came up with? Cena's and promo then, in the pre-show, where he's like, we're going to start off with my open challenge. And I'm like, open challenge is the pre-show? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the actual show. I thought they were. I actually thought that was going to be on the pre-show. I'm like, really? John Cena's not going to be on the pay-per-view? That's not right. I sure hope I don't face someone I hadn't seen in a while. And Zeb Coulter starts cutting this weird promo about nations coming together. I'm like, okay, it's not going to be Jack Swagger. Who the hell is it? And he goes, Alberto Del Rio. And I went, Alberto whoa. Alberto Del Rio. And I was like, whoa, he actually did resign. And we're going to talk resign. about that a little. We're going to talk about that a little bit more because I'm actually kind of disappointed in what I heard about him. But uh, it was cool to see him back. He had a great match with Cena because you know he's a freaking talented worker, and. Like we all predicted, whoever faced John Cena was going to win the match, and that's exactly what happened. Alberto Del Rio is your United States champion, and that's cool because he hasn't had that belt yet. In fact, he hasn't had any titles that were lower tier. So this was a good way to come back. Right, and it's, the title's champion. been so elevated and important 
this last year that it makes sense and it's it's a good guy to transition it onto to keep it important. Exactly. Um, the next match is the match I was most looking forward to the whole night, and it ended up being my favorite match of the night. That was the Bray Wyatt-Roman Reigns Hell in a Cell match, and I absolutely loved everything about this match for two reasons. One, it was the longest match, which meant the two guys who deserved the time got the time, and two, they both looked awesome. Regardless of what my previous opinions of Roman Reigns have been, and what idiots previous opinions of bray wyatt have been the two of them friggin killed it they absolutely yeah but they didn't leave the cell or fall off of it so oh yeah yeah negative one star so according to john edward who who is no longer a member of this group (laughs) because that all stemmed from hell in a cell last year yeah yeah this is when he quit yeah because he wouldn't bump off the top rope but he would judge people for not bumping off the cell and we called him on it uh, these two absolutely killed it, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Roman Reigns in a minute, but uh, Roman Reigns proved he's ready for something bigger. And I, um, while I'm still not a f- big fan of his, I support the direction they're going with him. Right. But now, the, well, yeah, the, yeah. Lo- the loss for Bray Wyatt, it, <laughs> it begged the question that, wow, he really hasn't won a match or a feud or a major feud, at least, in a long time, and we got more I'm of that later I'm not sure on. ever. <laughs> well, we're not, we don't, but Bray Wyatt doesn't need to win feuds. No, he doesn't because, need to win feuds or titles. No, he just needs to be awesome, which is what he is. Uh, next we had The New Day defending their tag team championships against the Dudley Boys, and it was, it was actually a pretty, it was an okay match, kind of short didn't really keep my attention, mostly because, because I just knew... Th- they didn't have Xavier Woods outside. Yeah, it was uh, it was alright. Uh, it felt like kind of a step back for them, but I know they're going to keep moving on to other things, so... To the eventual tables match at TLC. It was... it was. I like the story of the fact that Xavier Woods wasn't there, because they teased that a bunch, like that normally he would make a save, or he would distract, yeah. or something like that. So th- I thought it was a good match from a storytelling perspective. It wasn't well, the most it gave, exciting. It gave, them, it gave them credibility to actually be able to defend on their own, even though there were tactics involved. But, like, it still wasn't bad. Um, then we got the Charlotte-Nikki Bella rematch. Again, not... Not great, but not terrible. Um, same predictable type finish. You knew Nikki was going to lose. She tapped out, which I liked that they did the submission win, so it was definitive for Charlotte. Um, and again, they had nobody at ringside, so the whole idea was that it would be straight up one-on-one. And this, unlike the other match, I feel like this actually helped them more, because I feel like that's what they've been working too hard with. Oh, these girls keep distracting and getting involved and doing this and doing that, and it's like, well, Charlotte needed this. To look like a dominating champion, and the best part is is Becky comes out and Paige runs out in front of her and keeps on pushing <laughs> yes. her away away from Charlotte, so she's the one that's next to that Charlotte was, the whole that time. Was, that was really funny. That was great. Um, and you can tell that for a Survivor Series, they're definitely building up to something big with the girls. So we'll. It's probably going to be Charlotte and Paige. Maybe Becky will be involved in somehow. Some capacity, like a maybe leading two teams and there's no title match. Well, uh, they, they've already done that, but all right. Then we get the um, the world heavyweight championship match. When it's just like, and for some reason, for a while, I really thought this was going to be a third Hell in a Cell, but it wasn't. I was like, oh, this is straight up one on one. All right, whatever. We don't need another Hell in a Cell. So 
halfway through the shows to come to the World Championship match. Yep. Demon Kane is fighting on behalf of Corporate Kane, and if Demon Kane lo- loses, Corporate Kane gets fired. And that's exactly what happens. Demon Kane loses, Corporate Kane's gone, but Demon Kane is not, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. That powerbomb, uh, though, onto the announce table. That was oh, pretty vicious. Oh my god, that was vicious as hell. The rest of the match, um... It, it was okay. The feud needed to have a resolution, and we got it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah it was... It was. We, we all knew that this was going to be the end of this feud. Seth was going to move on. And he does, on Raw. And then, get this, guys. Ryback is booked over the world champion. Yeah. I, I mean, awesome. later in the show than the world champion. <laughs> yes. Pat's like, that's awesome. And then Ryback loses in five and a half minutes to Kevin Owens. And that's I'm like, okay. that's awesome. That's okay. Oh, and one other thing I want to touch on on this feud. Kevin Owens had the best promo on the pre-show, basically saying, yeah, you know, a lot of people like sports, but they're dumb people. And sports are dumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, so when he good. cut that Pat McDermott promo. Yeah. It was, it was perfect. And my favorite my favorite part was, I don't like sports, but even I know the Lakers suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm not a bas- I'm not a huge basketball guy, and even I know the Lakers suck. Kevin Owens does so many things I would do as a heel. That's I, that's why I enjoy him so much. But I mean, even the even the walking away from a match, it's like it's not a title match. I could just walk away. Like I love that. But but that promo is like, wow, we're the same person. Yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> and now we're moving on to the main event. Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker ends their feud inside Hell in a Cell. And, well, guess what, guys? We're going to do Troll Truth during this part of the show because you all know what I'm about to talk about. If you're a member of the group, you all know what's happening here. Okay. First, let me tell you my opinion. Uh, Brock Lesnar defeats The Undertaker. Right decision to make because of how they're pushing Brock. And then they continue on the feud from WrestleMania with the Wyatt family where... All four Wyatts come out and carry off the Undertaker like a sacrifice, and well, I'm like, Undertaker is... attacked Luke Harper. He's the only one he hit. Oh yeah, that because was the only threat posed. I think that speaks volumes and puts, because... it puts him way over. Let's see. Of the three people following Bray, who's the mo- who's the most dangerous? Oh, the guy who can work. Actually, the most dangerous would probably be Braun Strowman because he can't work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he might cripple you. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, yes, but I, I love how they did this. Um, I wasn't at all surprised with the ending. I think the match was really vicious. I think that I, I understand having to clean up the blood because of what era we're uh, in. Put but- the replays in black and white. Ah. But I also am just kind of like, it's hell in a cell. What the hell do you expect? Don't don't book a vicious gimmick match and then get mad when somebody gets cut open. Like, come on, Vince. I know you're 70 now, but God. Also, okay. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Well, you have to take into consideration, not only did The Undertaker face Brock Lesnar in a hell in a cell and lose... The ring canvas was also pulled up. The wood was exposed. Basically, that was KFA, brother. Basically, things that don't happen in a normal match, a total annihilation of The Undertaker was the only way to basically put him down. And right. then the Wyatts come out and pick up the pieces, much like buzzards. And uh, well, it was cool, because he was actually, he got up and he was going to do his, um, his Undertaker salute to the crowd. 
and that's when they interrupted. Right, right, and and that's the thing is like, yeah, he got up, he's still worn down completely. So in psychology, this makes perfect sense because it it still takes four guys to take him down after he's just been through hell with Brock Lesnar. I mean, if, if that's not putting every single person over, Brock Lesnar, the Wyatts, and The Undertaker for even being able to get a couple of punches in or whatever, I mean, that that's the way you put every single person over and make everyone look good. No, it's not. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if, if I legitimately had one complaint about this match, we didn't get any legit LOL moments like we did at SummerSlam with the uh, oh, where Finger. they laughed in each other's faces, and then when Lesnar flipped him off while he was in the submission. That was funny as hell. And I like that they actually show that in the replay, even though they blur out the finger, because it's just hilarious. I like showing that to people, like, if someone happens to be over here and they're watching and they're like, what's he doing there? It just looks like he's holding up his fists. <laughs> Seriously, uh, no, he he's well, he's he's telling Undertaker that he's number one. Of course he is. <laughs> All right, so I got to talk about the I got to talk about the main uh, aftermath stuff that we got from this. First off, Paige made her official heel turn on Raw by attacking Charlotte and Becky, and is still claiming she didn't attack Natalia. So you know that's gonna be Natalia is getting incorporated somehow. Um, we do the fatal four way. Roman Reigns, Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens, and Alberto Del Rio. And Roman Reigns is your number one contender to face Seth Rollins, so you know that'll be the Survivor Series match. And we've been talking about this a couple of times in the past, but the big rumor is that we're going to erase the CM Punk record with either Seth or Roman's title reign. So if Roman wins here... He's probably holding the title till next year's Royal Rumble. Or no, the year after's Royal Rumble. 2017. Wow. But, um, oh, so are we going to talk about the troll truth part of the the end of the Hell in the Cell? Right here. Okay. Because I want to talk about the aftermath that we got with uh, Lesnar and Taker. Oh, okay, all right. Which, of course, was uh, what they're doing next with Kane, which I liked. Because they didn't go into all these crap about acknowledging corporate Kane. They just had Seth laughing about how, you know, he's the man. And then they immediately moved him on. And when Bray Wyatt came out to cut his promo about taking out The Undertaker, Kane came out to save his brother. And they beat the crap out of him and carried him off the same way. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's good stuff. Because that sets up Taker and Kane with probably two other guys to face the Wyatts in a Survivor Series match. And we were, I don't think this is a rumor, I think this is just hopefulness on our part, but we talked about how this would be the perfect way to bring up Demon Finn Balor. It'd be a cool idea. It'd also be a, uh, well, depending how Sting is, uh, there'd be a good chance to get Undertaker and Sting in the same ring together, at least. That'd be a, that'd be a great line. Just, dude, Finn Balor teaming up with Sting, Undertaker, and Kane. Like, that would make him. In right, one right. night, that would make him. As long as they don't have him get, like, eliminated in a lame way. But I feel like that could be, like, a clean sweep over the Wyatt family, because they wouldn't even get hurt from something like that. No, the, well, the Wyatt family's not going to really get hurt no matter... Like, Undertaker's debut getting eliminated in a lame way? Yeah, but he was still... <laughs> how was how still many times did the Wyatts face the Usos for the Tag Team Championships, lose, and still remain viable <laughs> contenders? Yeah, they even won over idiots like Heyman. Speaking of, should we do Troll Truth now? 
Yeah. Because according to him, according to the brilliant mind of him, Undertaker's entire legacy is over now. His whole legacy was flushed down the toilet wait, after wait. this pay-per-view. Wait, wait, Could you go, could you time hop back to when he lost to Brock Lesnar? I think this is the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah, he said the same thing. Every time Undertaker has lost to Brock Lesnar, his legacy has been over. And when he won at SummerSlam, but he did it in a cheating way, his legacy was over then, too. But he took it a step further because he decided it would be appropriate to post on Facebook that he was so upset with what they did that Vince McMahon's grandchildren should have their throats slit (laughs) over the result of this match. Oh, my God. And did anyone report this, I hope? I tried. It, they just like we don't. The, 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 actually, the best part was their re- response. They go, "We don't see a credible threat here." And I laughed. I go, "Well, you're right <laughs> about that." Well, correct. Welp. And uh, according to Renee Cianci, under uh, Undertaker, yeah, right. Uh, Undertonio over here Whoa. has officially quit wrestling. You guys. This disgusted him so much that he has officially given up on wrestling. Okay. Officially, yeah. Until until the next night when he probably watched Raw. Or, or what, 2K16 on Tuesday. Ugh! It's time to bury Brock Lesnar in my fantasy to Jack Swagger and Alberto Del Rio. Ugh, he's not in this game. Ugh, I better create him. Yeah, well, you know what? The way I look at it is one less piece of shit fan. That's not a bad thing. But I also say this. If you're really going to quit wrestling, cancel your network subscription, stop buying merchandise, and vote with your wallet. Hold on, though, because bonus, he wasn't the only person who felt this way. <laughs> if you know other people that did this? I, now, Dan, I'm not, I'm not trying to blow up your spot. Is this what you did for the Facebook comments? No. Okay, so I'm not blowing up Dan's spot. Um... I had to start reading other comments once you had let me yeah, know. Yeah, no, he was not alone with this. And everyone was like, this is so disrespectful. Can't believe you, WWE. Well, it seems like he was alone in wishing death upon children. But yes. No. yes. Yeah, but then he went on WWE's page itself and was said that the creative team members should be murdered, which I guess is... Their family should be murdered. Yeah, their family should be murdered. Of course. It's just... <laughs> which I said... I believe the creative team had about 0% input on that match. <laughs> yeah, right, because it's friggin' Undertaker. But, uh, yeah, the whole internet felt this way, apparently. this was dis- it's, it's so funny to see how much we sometimes think kayfabe is dead from the things that they mention on TV nowadays, but it, it's still very alive. Yeah. Well, now it's like... <sighs> yeah. Kayfabe, yeah. Kayfabe has uh, mutated into some weird thing where now everyone's like uh it's not not fake but some things are real and i'm not sure where the line is and uh, they really did that to the undertaker yeah it's i don't understand though how nobody saw like the aftermath where it's like oh they obviously moved him back into this feud with bray wyatt which he'll probably go over during or he'll put over bray wyatt which is more deserving in a lot of people's minds. I just don't get it. But I don't think I'm ever going to get it because people are just aggressively stupid with crap like this. So, should we go on to better things? 
Well, yeah, I know you. We we, we kind of touched on what's happening with Raw and how we're building towards Survivor Series. Um, there's some stuff that happened on NXT, and I know you said some fun stuff happened on SmackDown. So let's talk about that. So SmackDown was the Halloween edition, and uh, they gave us everything from. A, uh, a Halloween street fight with Dolph Ziggler and The Miz involving pumpkins on your head and kendo sticks that looked like lightsabers and candy oh, so The Miz actually wrestled? Yeah, The Miz actually wrestled a match and got a pumpkin put on his head and super kicked off of his head. That didn't sound like a wrestling match. <laughs> Sounded like Miz in the street. But um, two of my favorite parts, because I don't think they had these on Raw, New Day now wears crystal unicorn horns on their head when they come out. That's awesome. All they did was make them with their fingers. Yeah, no, now they actually had one. I doubt they're going to sell them because they look like they poke someone's eye out. They're not selling selling the selfie sticks, so. (laughs) And uh, they did. They're not selling them for the same reason why he's using it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) They also did commentary in old-timey voices and shut off the, uh, what is his name, Rick something, the other new commentator again? Rick Uh, Reddish. Rick Grimes, yeah. Um... Rick Lawn. Rick Lawn. Rick Rick Drill. Um, all of them. All of them were shut off, but they did old-timey commentary. But I think the one of my favorite parts of SmackDown... Wait, no. There's two. Uh, they built a match during the show as the Monsters and Dean Ambrose had to find a team. And the Monsters were all three of Wyatt's family, Rowan, Luke, and Braun Strowman. And throughout the show, he had to keep... Dean Ambrose had to keep finding people. And he found Cesaro who was just dressed so fly, and he's like, who are you? Are you James Bond? Are you the transporter? He's like, no, this is how I dress all the time. You know this. Um, (laughs) Then the camera pans away, and then you just hear someone go, boo, in a a crappy ghost costume. It's Boo Dallas on SmackDown. Um, I'm going to have to watch SmackDown now. I love that his his costume is a... Pun on himself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, at one point I think he I think the first time he showed up was with Renee Young after um, whoever it was had walked away and he just tried to scare her. He goes, I'm gonna scare someone tonight with a big smile. He's like, Because I'm Boo Dallas. Do you get it? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no cells. Well, if you don't, all you have to do is boo leave and he walked away and he just goes, Boo. <laughs> Every time he was moving on camera, he was just going boo. Well, they did that. Uh, they did that table for three this week. They had him on with Samoa Joe and uh, Adrian Neville, and he was talking about how, like, oh yeah, I was totally ready when they brought me up at the Royal Rumble, but then I realized, no, I don't know anything, and I'm so glad he got that title reign because that's what made him. Right. No, it's true. And then, um, but the segment, and, and then also made made Jason Shin hate him, which is awesome. The segment also closed out fine because they did one of those. I love when they do multiple segments focusing on silly things like that. So the last segment, Mark Henry is walking backstage on his phone, uh, is texting, and out of the dumpster comes Boo Dallas, and actually Mark Henry gets scared and drops his phone and then punches Boo Dallas in the face. So That's it was, awesome. It was an awesome Oh, did his wig split? He got his wig split, and it was the best thing involving Mark Henry. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, if you can make Mark Henry positive, SmackDown's now must-see. All right. Now I want to talk about the cool stuff that happened on NXT. We had um, we had an awesome tag match between Jason Jordan and Chad Gable, and it's just like, 
Uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Yeah, but it's like, uh, they're not going over because we still don't know if they're signed or not. And they're really pushing Jordan and Gable right now, who are super friggin' over. And they're really jelly as a team, for sure. Fans chant Gable to the Kurt Angle team. Yeah, and then they were doing the same. (laughs) Yeah, they they chant, ready, willing Gable to like the New Day thing. It's (laughs) awesome. Uh, We had two new girls debut. We had uh, Emma took on Alexa Bliss 2.0. On Shaza McKenzie. Shaza. Another Australian girl. Yep. And then uh, Kaylee Ray debuted against Nia Jax. And she's uh, bo- Yeah. Both new girls lost. But they uh, are. But I, but I like how they're doing this influx. They're feeling bad women. for Shimmer. Nia Jax? Like, not a magic it. carpet this time. No. I love how, uh, how the, her, the promo picture of her. She has a waist that you can see. And then she comes out, and they're like, something's happened between these, the picture and her. <laughs> and then, um, some Photoshop. And then Enzo and Cass were going to have a match until Dash and Dawson ambushed them. And this is how they're playing up the, uh, the Colin Cassidy injury, which is a smart way to do it. It's good because it gets these guys over and it right. visually puts them, puts them on the shelf. Can, and, can they be called soft when they go hard? Oh, yeah. Ooh. I just did spooky fingers for that for some reason. Ooh. Ooh. Boo. Boo. They go hard, but they're but physically they're soft. Yeah. <laughs> Say yeah. Go and then, of course, you had the awesome main event between Samoa Joe and Tyler Breeze, which was a really good match. And it's just like, well, if Breeze is going to the main roster, I bet you he's going to lose this match. And that's exactly what he did. Yep. Perfect way to leave. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, really good stuff on NXT. And this, of course, got the discussion started in the group about whether or not it's time to add another women's title for the girls, like a tag title. And that seemed to be the big consensus that a women's tag title would work. There were like two people who were like, no, because none of the girls on the main roster are being booked properly, which I don't think you guys are actually watching lately. If you I think still it makes think sense because almost every girl is aligned with another girl. Yeah, it makes more sense for the main roster, actually. Almost a- makes sense to do, like, a trios tag title thing. Oh, my God. A, tri- a trios title in WWE would be awesome. But Especially yeah. because Sheamus, Barrett, and Rusev would win it. Because <laughs> they've got a trios thing going on right now. Oh, wait, but Rusev's injured. Oh, no. Oh, uh, poor Shusev. Now he's going to take the boots off when he comes back. Oh, man. Then the matches aren't <laughs> going to be as good. Nope. All right, so I got some I got some good, bad, and ugly for you guys here. Uh, here's something good: the WWE Network is now up to over 1.2 million subscribers, and the workers are now making more on pay-per-view special events than they were before this happened. Wait, like, so before, during before... the before this became the norm instead of pay-per-view, they're actually making more money now. Through the network. Is it only the top guys, or is it everyone dispersed? Because I heard Every, some reports everybody, that people weren't. Well, everybody who works the pay-per-view gets a cut, but obviously you, they, there's still that bonus based on your position on the card and everything. Right, right. That that still hasn't changed, but they've got you know they've got that pool of money to pull from. So my 99 and your 99, not Dan's 99, which is also my 99, are all helping pay these guys right well, now. the reason they're making more, and I think what a lot of people don't realize oh, is... Oh, no, now we're buying their houses all over again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, 
if you're paying for the WWE Network, you're paying for something. Most people who are watching the pay-per-views were torrenting or streaming, and this was the this was the countermeasure to avoid that, but giving you a tremendous value at the same time. So, right. <clears throat> no matter what you look at, it's a tremendous value. It's right. a savings of forty dollars for a pay-per-view, and then all this other stuff for free, and which people get just paid. which just table for three yeah is i haven't worth it i haven't torrented anything since uh the 2014 no way out or whatever comes before wrestlemania that was the last thing i ever torrented oh elimination chamber i think right because it was yeah. like because i bought the royal rumble because i always buy the royal rumble so i don't get anything screwed and i was like this is the last time i'm gonna spend this on a pay-per-view because wrestlemania will be part of the network right and I mean, besides that, you had people going to, like, I would go to Buffalo Wild Wings just to watch the pay-per-views because I didn't have to pay. Yeah, I had a ton of people over. They'd all chip in, so everybody got value out of it, and we'd have fun. But unfortunately by that, it's not every person paying $40 as opposed to, I think you could share your account with, like, two people or something. So it's like every other person is at least paying $10 directly to WWE. There's no middleman. Right. So therefore, yes. Yes, they will make they're more money more in the money. long term. Yes, and they are. Because, because they over- make 100% of that money. Yep. Actually, All maybe right. not, because they had to do... pay MLB Network for some of that. Because they're they the ones that set everything up. Alright, let's, uh, let's do something bad. Um, John Cena's time off isn't going to last that long. He's going to be back just in time for TLC. So you still we only have like a month and a half left of no Cena. But we get and of course... Cena Free Survivor Series. Yeah, but he's coming back to face Del Rio for his rematch, which means okay. he'll probably win. I'm not really mad about Cena being gone or coming back or any of that anymore. I, he's just he's there. He puts on good matches, and that's it. He's he's right. not really. And even if he's in a WWE Championship match, I mean, he didn't win against Rollins. Right. All right. Uh, something he's gonna good. win eventually. Yeah, something good. The Young Bucks have exclusively signed with Ring of Honor. Oh, that's their big signing. Okay. Yes, that was their big signing. Oh, um, I, and I saw that the, they might be doing Lucha. No, they, they've they officially signed with ROH. I think they were, they teased a lot of stuff, but they're going to be... They're exclusive. not going to do any New Japan anymore, just ROH? Yeah, it says it's exclusive, so... Which means they're going to be their top act as in the tag team division, for sure. <clears throat> uh, Ronda Rousey has stated in an interview she would love to be the Divas champion. Just because she wants to be good at everything. And I'd be okay with that. Uh, here's something bad. Kevin Nash says he has one more WWE run left in him. Not a match, a run? Like an a entire run. run? He doesn't remember, even have a match. Remember the last time he had a run in him and he didn't even get to this match with CM Punk because he got hurt? He didn't even get to, through the promo without getting mad and having to go off the script. <laughs> what, what are you doing? He can't say that. Er, big scripty. I call, who who called me? I t- or no? Who texted me? I texted myself. What? Yeah. What? Hey, that was like the worst. Oh, Triple H obviously texted him. It wasn't Triple H. The text to me came from me. So why'd you send a text? <clears throat> that phone was already in the house. Like man, that promo could have been so much more, and you killed it. Because CM Punk fucking outdid him. That was like the hallmark of that entire run is like, out-promo out, out Triple H, out-promo Kevin Nash. Out LOL promo- thought he was dead. 
And then Triple H came out of retirement, beat CM Punk to kill his momentum, and then went right back into retirement. And then CM Punk held the championship for 400-some days. <laughs> yep. And The Rock just came back and beat him. Yeah. Yeah, which he wasn't happy with either, but you've all known that. Um, no, it's okay. You can wrestle The Undertaker. Lose, but you'll wrestle The Undertaker. Here's, here's two more good things that happened. First off... Uh, there's a petition going out to rename Calgary National Airport to the Stewart National Airport. I've mm-hmm. actually signed this petition, and we'll provide a link in the description. I, I have been in that airport twice. Uh, I never have. I've never been to Calgary, but I'd love to go. But yeah, that's pretty cool. And it says, like, why do you want to sign this petition? And I'm like, because it's Stewart, and he's a Canadian legend. I don't think I need an explanation. If airports in America can get signed after corporations, then I think it's only fair that a Canadian airport can honor a star athlete. Makes way more sense to me. And uh, my last good note for this week was the uh, the NXT Halloween-themed Battle Royal that happened. Everybody came out in costume. Uh, Aiden English dressed up like Kevin Owens. Finn Balor dressed up like CM Punk. Two new debuts like cross-dressed and got lols. Um, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable dressed up like a monkey and a banana. But then oh, the first a black one, guy is a monkey, yeah. But the, but the, uh, here, but you the, wear the banana costume. <laughs> but the person who won the Battle Royal was dressed up like a giant Lego figure, and it turned out to be Bailey. <laughs> you know, Jason, you don't even need this monkey mask. Is Jason Jordan even black? Or is he just, like, dark-skinned? We go dark. Oh, that's the other guys. Uh, yeah, those are the racist guys. Those are the they southern are. guys. They don't go dark. No. Not at all. And that's... We're going to leave you guys with the ugly this week. I know a lot of people are really happy to see Del Rio back, but it has been reported that Del Rio came back to WWE because he was able to make a ton of money, and he will not be returning to AAA to drop his belt. Because... The, all the reports are saying that money is the most money is the most important thing to him over this. Oh, He's going to throw it in the trash on Raw, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know. I was really disappointed to hear that because I like Del Rio, and I'm I was disappointed to find out he was like a money grubby type guy. Especially because his initial promo on Raw was going back to that whole "Well, I'm Mexican" character, and I'm just like, "Come on, guys! You can't do something uh, different with him." You know what, though. You, I almost can't. I can't fault the guy in the fact that he he is a world class wrestler and he deserves to be paid a high amount. So if they offer oh, him yeah, a contract, it's, it's, it's cushier. Yeah, you can't fault him for it, but it's still disappointing to hear when guys are all about the money. I'm sure it was more choices than just the money. I'm sure it's also national exposure again. I mean, even you know he was working what Lucha and AAA and I don't know if he went to Japan at all, but. Um, it, it's a, it's such much more exposure, and eventually, not being on WWE, your career can kind of decline a little well, bit. Well, on the on the flip side of that, I'm giving him credit because he kind of could hold them over a barrel over that, because be like, well, you know, how, remember how you guys fired me, and you really shouldn't have. So here's the deal: you want me back? This is what it's going to cost. So that's good on him too. Right. Right. Exactly. I think I'm just more disappointed in the AAA thing because uh, apparently it really did come out of nowhere and he didn't inform anybody. So it was just kind of like, oh, he's back with WWE. Well, crap, now what? Well, sucks for your belt, I guess. And that's kind of like, uh, come on, dude. At least at least make that one, or at least negotiate that one last appearance to drop the belt. 
even though he'd be booed out of the building because that's what's happened to everybody else who ever resigned. Like, remember when Matt Hardy was the big hero after WWE fired him and everybody wanted him? He's like, no, I'm going back. Yeah. And they're just, and then he got, and Jamie Noble resigned too at the same time. So they got booed out of an ROH show. Yep. But, um, I mean, at the same time, if you were to take, because Punk left around the same time for different reasons, but if Punk were to resign and got a lot of money and got a cushy contract, I wouldn't be pissed. I'd be like, good for that guy. He deserves it. So I feel the same about Del Rio. I think he deserves the money that he's getting. Okay. Fair comments. Well, we got more comments coming up after the break. We got Facebook comments with Dan Peck, and then we're going to play everybody's favorite game, the one where we tease you and then we just sign off. Stick around. All right. Do I really have to read this? Hey, this is Triple H from the Club Kayfabe podcast. And when I want to be a nerd, or I want to learn about nerd things like movies and comics and video games and stuff, I don't even know anything about this stuff. I listen to the Adrian Has Issues podcast because it is that damn good. So listen to it or else you'll get buried. And we're back. All right, let's do this. Dan, what you got for us this week? Uh, oh, the Facebook's time. Uh, this week on the, on the WWE Facebooks, there's a video about 10 superstars who have beaten John Cena. I say, burr, 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 burr. no, there has to be only five, right? <laughs> Are these clean three. victories? <laughs> <laughs> yes, here we go. And then John Cena buried Ray- Wayne Barrett, and he's never been the same since. Is that the first comment? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's true, though. That that was... I think everybody agrees. Everybody's written about that in their books. And I remember uh, Jericho's book, he talks about when Cena planned the spot where he was going to spike Barrett's head with a DDT on the concrete on the outside, but then still go over in the match. And Jericho and Edge were actively convincing him that's a dumb idea. And then when he did go over the SummerSlam like, crowd, no, was like, ha, uh, ha. Oh, wait. I and then... Then he went up to him backstage. He's like, I'm really sorry, guys. I should have listened to you. And they're like, yeah, you should have. CM Punk in Money in the Bank 2011 for WWE Champion. Remember? Remember? Pepperidge Farm remembers. I remember. Yeah, that was the like the the only match that Meltzer ever gave five stars to. That was in the Tokyo Dome? Yeah. I don't remember anyone who beat John Cena fair and square. They always cheat to defeat this commander in chief. <laughs> oh, he's president now? Okay. John Obama! <laughs> J- Joe Obama. Joe Obama. Donald Trump. <sighs> John <laughs> Cena is the best plier in WWE? <laughs> no shit. I wonder who the best hammer is. The Bullhammer! <laughs> oh, I love the primetime pliers, actually. That's a great tag team. <laughs> the hammer job to the plier. Well, the plier's got a hold of the hammer. And then Bo Dallas just comes up. I have a socket wrench! <laughs> God. <laughs> it's not even the right size. <laughs> Boom! And our last comment 
King Barate doing a great job, but you can never beat John Cena in Roman range. <laughs> Is Roman range a cowboy who rides a horse on the open range? Or Sorry, drive damn look. Oh, God, James Storm and Roman Range. Roman the cowboy Reigns. tag team? He has to be chewing, like, that the, <laughs> the tobacco. I'm about the, the piece of wheat in his way. Yeah. Let's go. Roman Range. This week we're taking on King Barate. <laughs> Roman Range. And the smoking guns in one night only. Uh, all right, then. Now there's only one thing left to do, guys. It's time to play Points or... Buried. I'm not even dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> or... Hell, son, I'm folding my costumes. Uh, folded. <laughs> or... Oh, guess who I'm dressed as? My favorite character from the, the Batman movies. Frozen. <laughs> but not the Frozen movies. <laughs> or... Penguin? Oh yeah, I'm a spooky spear and ghost. <laughs> oh, uh, you're not Santa Claus? <laughs> oh wait, I am Evil Santa. Santa. Look at my beard. Wrong Evil costume. Santa Claus. <laughs> or Oh, you could get Don Wested. Oh, and I have all He's... these Prince Justice Brotherhood <laughs> costumes on sale. Oh. He's swimming in a pile of Party City costumes. <laughs> Look at all these Shark Boy masks. Stone Cold and... Shark Boy. Oh man! Look, oh, the, the one—the one sleeping in the corner is dressed like a cannon. Ugh. No, no, he's got a—he's got a sheet over him. I think—I think he has Goldberg's old costume. I think someone might get booed today. Uh, oh boy! <laughs> All right, so I told you guys to go full out for Halloween. Make any Halloween pun that you can, because we haven't had a really good like pun type game in a while. I said you could spoof anything from horror movies to it was wide cars. open, bro, wide open. Yeah. To costumes, to whatever. As well, long course, as it could possibly... with candy. A lot of people <laughs> oh. went with candy. Hey, hold on, Chris. I'm sorry I have to interrupt. I, I did find my costume, actually. Hey, hey, guys. It's me, Kane. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. What is what is new shirt that was supposed to take place ten years ago? So today, instead of getting buried, you get your brain screwed out. Oh, no. All right. All right, you guys ready to hear some Halloween puns? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> All right. First, we're going to start off with some candy. We have Mark Henry's sexual chocolate. Oh, too obvious. Um, I'm going to screw your brains out. <laughs> Ugh. But don't look at that camera. I'm not going to look at the camera. Over there. Don't tell Sean. Oh, by the way, has anyone made that entrance yet with Suit Triple H? I didn't. I thought about it before we did the show. Awesome. Somebody better get on that. All right, Mike Simsack, you got your brain screwed out. Ugh. All right. <laughs> well, here comes another piece of candy for you. It's Stone Cold Ooh. Steve Austin's Jawbreaker. Hell, son, I'm going to fold this damn costume just like racist Vince's little KKK outfit over here. God damn it. All right, uh, Austin Butler, you got folded. Somebody responded to that and said, shouldn't it have been Bobby Heenan's jawbreaker? Oh. Don West keeps swimming in these damn costumes while I'm trying to fold them. 
All right. I'm not sure if this next one is supposed to be a party game or a treat to hand out, but either way, ugh, it's Patterson and Young's Delicious Bobbing Apples. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. Oh, that gets cringe points and, and regular points. Oh, my God. Ooh, 150. Oh, oh, by the way, Christopher, did yes. we check for punctual points this week? There were no punctual points this week. Oh, no one did. I didn't set. Like I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to set a time limit. I'm going to let you figure it out. Now, it was a, it was a last minute entry because the week I was really busy this week. So no punctuality this week. But Michael Vaughn got 150. So I guess you could just say that those 50 could be punctual. Nope, they're All right. Crazy. Here comes another treat to hand out. These are Delos Fruit Splashers, guaranteed to leave you paralyzed. Oh, God. But it wasn't a splash. It was a power bomb. You know, they're like, they're like gushers. I get that, but I'm still going to give it points because I found it funny. Taylor Chad with points. You know, All I right. never understood, though, the sky high was when he'd stay down low to the ground. And the low, <laughs> and down, the low down was when he was very high in the sky. Well, maybe he just didn't get it. But he still had one of my favorite theme songs of all time. <clears throat> all right. This is a costume. Racist Vince's official licensed scary ghost costumes, but burning crosses are sold separately. Wait, could you say it one more time? Racist Vince's officially licensed scary ghost costume, burning crosses sold separately. Yeah. Yeah. With a dunce cap inside. <laughs> so it's a dumb ghost? No, I just need something to hold up my point. I heard I heard Anonymous is actually going to release my Twitter account and my identity. Uh-oh. A thousand KKK, or ten thousand KKK members. <laughs> well, so much for K-Faves. KKK fave. So is this getting points or not? I don't Obviously, know. Let's, get, let's give it points. Uh-oh. But it's a scary ghost, and the scary ghost is standing up. Already. Oh, oh. No. Oh, oh no, but no. He's, he's sitting back down. He's not okay. ready yet. Okay, good. Watch out for that. All right. Matthew Anderson points. He got yaw points. Uh. <laughs> All right. Next you have Jeff Hardy's Aluma Gummy Gummy Works. Aluma <laughs> <laughs> Gummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's really good. You get points. Uh, Ellis Homeless points. <laughs> I bet a Aluma gummy. Are they made of aluminum? Like as aluminummies? I don't know. <laughs> so good, you'll be talking inside your own head, and everyone will hear you. All right, now you have Jerry Lawler's Everlasting Heartstoppers. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> oh. Cringe plus, plus regular points. Press regular points. All so right. I'm dressing as an Asian for one fifty to Chev, who's in strict competition with Ellis right now. So this is going to make it interesting. <laughs> is it just like a burger compacted into a jawbreaker? I don't. It's a Sonic burger. Yeah. 
It's an everlasting heart stopper. My doctor said I could eat whatever I want, so shut the fuck up. All right. Uh, this is a candy bar. It's Ryback's Feed Me S'mores. Aw. Feed me s'mores. And it's just a s'mores bar. Uh, uh, I'd eat that. But is it funny? Oh, I don't think it's funny. I'm actually going to stuff that entry in this Prince Justice Brotherhood. A shark boy mask. Oh, wow! You didn't give points to a Ryback entry. Oh, son, I'm trying to fold that damn mask. Leave it down. You're trying to fold the mask. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Awesome. No points for you. You've been Don Wested and folded and folded. Yeah. All right. Next is a horror movie. This oh, is the yeah, just like this, mine. <laughs> this is the closet starring Darren Young, Pat Patterson, and. Ugh, me. And the tagline is, open the door if you dare. <laughs> Were we allowed to repeat people this time? Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't okay. care about that. Okay, then yes, it gets points. Yes, all right, Joe Mad Dog Needle points. All right, and of course, now you have Michael Hayes' white chocolate bar, the only chocolate bar you can fashionably have in your fanny pack. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, you just said white chocolate. No! I see that scary ghost standing up. Oh no. Oh no, he's getting ready to Boo Wow. Well the good thing is he had a ghost costume on, so it's for It's all in it's his all costume. inside his ghost costume. Just don't let him sit down back I think on the I couch, hear him please. gagging in there. <laughs> Normally, that's when I, I don't interrupt someone, when I hear that they're gagging. So, yes, that gets uh, Boo-Ah. Oh, 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 oh. Ew, it was, look at that all over his hand. But he's still giving a thumbs up, so it's a positive Boo-Ah. Matt Hartman, points in Boo-Ah. You're the only person who's ever going to get Boo-Ah until next year's Halloween game. All right. Here's some more candy for you. WWE's very own King of the Brass Ring Pops. You too can reach for this invisible treasure. <laughs> uh, that's good. Points. Glenn Cook and points. All right. Next, we have another horror movie attempt. This this is Ralphus Presents House of a Thousand and Four Jericho-holics. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's getting points. All right. Points to Don Mario. <laughs> <laughs> This takes you to the Big E countdown, the final five. Here we go. This is a uh, this is a headline from after Halloween in the newspaper. Candy modifying punk uses straight edge to make razor Roman apples. <laughs> Wait, one more time. Candy modifying punk got it uses straight edge to make razor Roma apples. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. That's the kind of guy your parents warn you about. <laughs> yeah, it points. Turns out that it was your parents that killed you. Yeah. yeah. Dandal, points. All right. WWE Studios presents a new horror movie based on Total Divas, The Bella Witch Project. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> but I'm going to give it points. Russell Wright, points. Welcome to the game, sir. 
All right. I think these are all... Yeah, the, re- the, the remaining three are all treats. First you have Ken Shamrock's Snap or Tap Chocolate-Covered Pretzel Sticks. Oh, I just really want to F and spear something. I Santa. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to F it. Nope, stop. I'm giving it points. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Stop. Aww. He doesn't get to spear it. They're pretzel sticks. They easily snap. Yeah, I'm going to spear it now. Oh, you speared it anyway. Uh, well, you weld, but then you you got speared. So this is a spear well. Jason Spearwell. Yeah, that's a gimmick name. <laughs> All right, now you have Ori RKO's big fucking flavor <laughs> out of nowhere. Oh, God. And they're filled with that boo in the center, but he's oh. right passed out. Ew. Ori... What was it? Ori RKO's? Ori RKO's. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, Big points. Fuck flavor out of nowhere. Alan Craig points. And we end it with The Rock's chocolate covered candy asses. Oh my god. I didn't get to do anything. That's not even fair. <laughs> no, I know, because this one gets points too. I'm sorry. You can freeze it for posterity. <laughs> <laughs> the candy asses always taste better frozen. Uh. Frozen! Suck Pos- on my chocolate candy uh, asses. Posteri- posteriority. Uh, the posteriors have been frozen. Adrian Cotton points. All right, who's the winner? Okay, I need a, I need a rundown. All right, here we go. Patterson and Young's delicious bobbing apples. Delos Fruit Splashers, guaranteed to leave you paralyzed. Yeah, officially licensed scary ghost costumes. Aluma gummy gummy worms. Everlasting Heart Stoppers. The Closet starring D. Young, Pat Patterson, and Hey Man. Open the door if you dare. <laughs> or Michael Hayes' White Chocolate Bar. The only chocolate bar you can fashionably have in your fanny pack. King of the Ring. Or King of the Brass Ring Pops. You can too can reach for the invisible treasure. Ralphus presents House of a Thousand Four Jerichoholics. Candy Modifying Punk uses straight edge to make Razor Roma apples. WWE Studios presents The Bella Witch Project Snapper Tack Chocolate Covered Pretzel Sticks Ori RKO's Big Fucking Flavor Out of Nowhere And The Rock's Chocolate Covered Candy Asses Okay, I'm going to leave the choice up to Dan because my two choices are between Jerry Lawler and the Aluma Gummies Oh, I thought Aluma Gummies was it, dude Okay Then Then Ellis the Holmes takes the win Chev is just like, damn it. <laughs> because now you both got the same amount of points this week. <clears throat> All right, then. Thus concludes the Spooky Fingers edition of the Club Cafe podcast. Oh, Spooky Fingers. Oh, I want to tell you guys that I saw the best costume the other day. It was two gay guys, and they were gay Arnold. They were <laughs> Arnold and... Uh, Gerald? And Gerald, yeah. I'm not okay with that. It was hilarious. <laughs> I'm really not okay with that. Yeah, but Chris Wright dressed like up as Gerald, and that was better. It was it was really funny. He's like a six foot seven Gerald. They didn't do it. They were just two gay guys that dressed up as the two. Uh, all right, they were just gay Arnold. They didn't do anything. Still, still, but it still was disturbing it was imagery. Hilarious. <laughs> still disturbing imagery. Um. So before we end the show, since it is Halloween. 
do you guys have any Halloween traditions that you enjoy doing? Like, I always have, like, my list of movies I need to watch. Um, yeah, my one tradition is also a movie thing. I watch Halloween 1 and 2, depending on the year. It's either the original Carpenters or the Rob Zombie versions. Do you alternate every year? Um, it just depends which one I'm in the mood to watch. It doesn't really alternate. Just that time of the year is really the major time I'll pick up Halloween and watch it. It's almost like it makes sense. Right, right. I know, right? I watched, uh, like, the first know, five minutes. What, what is it? The first quarter of Nightmare Before Christmas, and then I wait till Christmas to watch the rest. First of 13 course. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. First 13 <clears throat> minutes. Uh, uh, today I'm going to play the Walking Dead uh, adventure game Ooh. for, like, the rest of the day, hopefully. <laughs> and then hide, because... Well, before... Big. Before we moved from Florida, I always went to both uh, Disney and Universal's Christmas parties, and I they it's cool because they both incorporate the different sides of Halloween Halloween parties. Sorry, I well I did the Disney Christmas party too. So Mickey's not so scary deal at Disney is all about the fun side of Halloween, and you can wear a costume and trick or treat, and they give out candy and everything, and you can just go as much as you want trick or treating. You can have like multiple bags. So that's like the fun side of Halloween. Universal does Halloween Horror Nights where they have real good haunted houses, like theatrical productions. They start building them in July. They're really well done. And there's Some usually of them are one based scary. on a movie that's come out recently. Right? Yeah, like they, and it's funny because the house always, always kills the movie. Like they did The Wolfman the one year, and the house was awesome, and then the movie sucked. But then they also did The Walking Dead house the first year Walking Dead came out, and the house sucked. But they've done a Walking Dead house every year since, and it's gotten better. Uh, obviously, I didn't go this year because I'm in Pennsylvania now, but apparently they did an Insidious-based house, which was one of the scariest houses they've ever done. So good for them. And that's always cool, too, because it's the two, it, to me, that's what Halloween's about. Costumes, candy, and horror movies. You get all three of them between the two parks. And this is really like the only time of year I really eat candy, too, now that I think about it. So I suppose that's what it's all about. I wear a costume, I eat some candy, I watch some scary movies, I eat my Luma gummies. And then I draw some eyeballs on Luma, my eyeballs. Luma gummies confirmed. Well, I was thinking about going to work today as uh, Jeff Hardy. He's going to just paint eyeballs on my eyeballs, and people are going to oh, be like, I worked what? at GameStop. I found out as I walked in that I could have dressed up that day. <laughs> it was great. Uh, well, I want to give a shout-out to my buddy, J.W. Moore, who has a perfect Riddler costume that he wears for Halloween, but he also has gone to GameStop as, like, a hired actor for the uh, night events for the new Batman releases. Like, he's just gone there playing the Riddler. Now, is are we talking Frank Gorshin bodysuit? Or are we talking, like... Comic book version. So somewhere in between the Jim Carrey suit and Frank Gorshin body. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, really cool stuff. Um, yeah, so happy Halloween, everybody. Have fun. Be safe. If you got kids, don't be stupid with your kids. I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of stuff about this like new PC culture age Halloween stuff. Just do what we always, what our parents always did. Check your kids' candy. If they're if something looks suspicious or it looks like they could be allergic to something, get if rid of it. If it's open? Yeah, get rid of it. It's it's like this is I don't understand where this new PC crap is coming from. 
do what our parents did. We never died going trick-or-treating. Oy, whatever. Happy Halloween, guys. Next week, we're going to talk about Christmas because apparently that's what's going to happen after <laughs> after tonight's done. But, uh, so get ready for that. I can't wait to put on my Johnny Mathis record. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace out! Oh, I thought you said your Johnny Mundo record. Nope, Johnny Mathis. Okay. <laughs> nice. My key to the city of Gary, Indiana. Mm, look at this. And my go record from that novelty party song. Oh man, Trey, look up at the sky. It's a full moon on the Sabbath. This is scary. Break it down. I was working late on my half Torah when I heard a knock on my bedroom door. I opened it up and to my surprise, there was a werewolf standing there with glowing gold eyes. He said, Tomorrow, my son, you will be a man. But tonight's the time to join the Wolfen clan. Tomorrow, you will stand at the beamer and pray. But tonight, let's gaze at the moon and bathe. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolf. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. All right, that was that was great, Trey. Okay, it's over. That's a wrap. Oh. The next day, what happened? The trauma didn't teach. Oh, I man. got up in front of everyone to give my little speech. Then my teeth turned into fangs and my nails into claws, and I nearly dropped the Torah when my hands turned into paws. I growled and I roared, and my rabbi did as well. It was a rocking werewolf zoo at Temple Beth Emanuel. Hey man, where'd you learn all these Jewish words? My manager, Harvey Lemmings. Werewolf vomits for spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. I don't, I, I just don't think this, the idea of the song can sustain itself for that long. It, it seems a little sweaty now, so. This whole premise is sweaty. We had a reception at the Lachman Country Club. They served a real nice brisket and an eight-foot party sub. I danced with my cousins. I got money from my folks. We had a lot of fun making circumcision jokes. Uh -uh. Then I remembered the premise of my song. I was at a nice reception, but the werewolf part was gone. So we pulled ourselves together, and we're wolfmen again. Just in time for Monster Fight to begin. No. All the country club employees were brain-sucking packs. We had all turned into zombies and were on the attack. So we fought them and some Draculas and Frankensteins, too. Cause you gotta love Bar Mitzvah even if you're not a... There's no such thing as Frankenstein. scary. No Boys becoming men. Men becoming wolves. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Hairy boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. I don't want this. I don't like this. This is scary. Turning into werewolves and stuff. You know? I don't know, Trey. I'm not feeling it. This ain't no kick in the box. Mazel tov.